Welcome into the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show. Watson takes the snap. Here comes pressure. And Frank Clark takes it down. Frank Clark. Clark the shirt. It's Jaws. On the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Right on the corner pattern for Williams. And the pass is intercepted. The Honey Badger got him. And did I say Rivers hadn't thrown a pick yet? He has now. The Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show. Brought to you by 7th Street Casino. Where it's at. Mahomes has time. Here throws it long. He's got a man in the middle of the field. Watkins, 15, 10, 5, angling left, touchdown, Kansas City. Here's Jay Binkley. Oh wow, what a way to start the season! What a way for Intercom to debut the Kansas City Chiefs. Great broadcast by Mitch Holtis, Dan and Hughes, and Josh Klingler on 106.5 The Wolf, and of course simulcasted post game. Right here on 610 Sports Radio, I'm Jay Binkley, back again for Chiefs postgame. Last time I did it, Super Bowl champions. It was crowning a Super Bowl champion. I go from that right to 2020 with a nice opening win for the Chiefs, 34-20. to You heard the voice of Mitch Holtis closing things out there on the Chiefs Network. Don't forget, he'll be on at 7.30 in the morning with Fesco in the morning. So if you want to hear from the voice of the Chiefs, really, Everything about the Kansas City Chiefs comes through. Mitch Holt, it's always good to hear him as he did a great call tonight at 7.30 in the morning. Tomorrow on Fesco in the morning, Kramer Sansone producing the operation. Smitty's Garage, Burgers and Beer text line, 913-576-7610. Cable Dom Arena hotline, 913-576-7610. We'll go to your calls here in just a moment, but want to start off talking about what a lot of people are talking about, what a lot of people were talking about before the season even began. Kind of the fantasy football world that we live in. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And the big question was, what were rookies going to be able to do for the Kansas City Chiefs? You know, I'm still expecting big things from really gay. I like the drafting of the linebacker, best coverage linebacker in the draft was Willie Gay Jr. Looking forward to him. But Clyde Edwards-Hilaire right here as a rookie. And I wondered how it would go. Because no rookie minicamp, no minicamps, no OTAs. You're not going up to St. Joe for the training camp. What was it going to be like? Here's the thing with the Chiefs. Yes, they're running it back with their players. They bring all the players back. That's great. But they also brought all the coaches back that understood what goes on. And Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, by the way, in this game, this was an unbelievable feat for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Last year, the Chiefs had two 100-yard rushing games in the regular season. Clyde Edwards, and this comes from ESPN Stats and Info, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, the fourth player in the last 30 seasons with at least 130 rushing yards and a TD in his NFL debut. Either the previous three went on to win Rookie of the Year or rushing title this year. James Palmer from NFL Network reminded us on Twitter that Clyde Edwards-Alaire during the offseason called Andy Reid's playbook easy. He got heat for saying it. He looked so polished and in control in his debut. That's from James Palmer, and that's exactly the way he looked. This is scary for the league. This was putting the league on notice that, yes, the Chiefs are running it back. I went on several stations today across the country talking about the Kansas City Chiefs, and one of the questions they all had, from D.C. to to Buffalo to you name it, asked the question, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And I said, well, here's the thing. You think about 95 drafted running backs out of the SEC since 2000. 15 running backs drafted from the best conference in the country, in my opinion, the SEC. 
Clyde Edwards-Alaire was the second leading rusher in the SEC, just behind Lynn Bowden, the former quarterback, or excuse me, receiver, played quarterback in high school. Then he played quarterback and traded by the Raiders to Miami. You know the story there. But Clyde Edwards-Alaire is a special player. He's the only player in the history of that conference that I mentioned, 95 drafted since 2000, running backs in the SEC, 15 first-rounders. He's the only back in the history of that conference, illustrious conference, to have 1,000 yards rushing and 50 receptions in a season. Just doesn't happen. What was he going to do with Andy Reid, the mastermind of calling plays? How were they going to utilize Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? And really, when you think of Mahomes, and you think about the Chiefs last year, bringing in Darrell Williams, bringing in Spencer Ware for a while, trying to find it out, Damian Williams even hurt or not, whatever it was going to be with the Chiefs. And then there was Darwin Thompson. I think we remember the Darwin Thompson last year game last year with, against the Raiders. Dylan McColl, the running backs coach, kind of puts him in, unbeknownst to Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid, but he stays in there. And it was so nice for Pat Mahomes not to have to do everything. You know, actually just salt the game away. Run it. Run the clock. Run the rock. Andy Reid will run the football. Don't forget he had the leading rusher in the NFL with Kareem Hunt a few years ago. Clyde Edwards-Alaire takes the Chiefs to another level. They scored 34 points tonight. They averaged 28.2 points a game last year. Now, a couple of years ago, when they had the third highest average in the NFL, it was 35 points a game. One point over that, under that, for a team that didn't have preseason games. There was going to be some rust tonight. We expected that. There was going to be some rust, but it really didn't show, did it? I mean, four sacks from the defense, getting after uh, Deshaun Watson. Pat Mahomes, was, according to Next Gen Stats, was actually blitzed 33.3%, but you didn't notice because the offensive line did such a fantastic job. Mahomes just had a Mahomes game, 24 of 32 for 211 and three touchdowns, but really the 166 yards on the ground. And this comes from a rushing offense that was 23rd in the NFL last year, 98.1 yards a game. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had 100 yards in 34 minutes, most since Matt Forte back in 2008. It was really quite a show. You're listening to KCSP Kansas City, WDAF HD2 Kansas City, radio.com. Sports Station. Let's go down to your reaction in No Huddle. Let's go No Huddle. At the 40, foot race 30, see you later. A fade route right side is intercepted, intercepted, got it at the 20-yard line. Taking your calls now at 913-576-7610. That's right, let's hear from you Chiefs fans. This is your show now. Let's hear what you have to say. You've been waiting a long time. Seems like we had the parade and there was the shutdown. Now we got football back. Got football weather today, but the Cable Dahmer Arena hotline, 913-576-7610. Let's go to old friend. And I don't mean he's old. He's just been calling for years and years and years. His name's Reggie in Anaheim, but I think he's living here now. What's up, Reg? Yeah, man, I'm, I'm back in Kansas City for the time for COVID. So, uh, yeah, it feels good to actually be in town for the start of a football season, man. It's such a weird feeling because I'm usually on the West Coast, but... Uh, what a way to start the season, man. I'm I'm just smiling ear to ear, man. I had uh, Raider fans chirping uh, at me from the West Coast before the game, and when the game went over, everybody disappeared, man. It was it was strange. Um, I, I really love what, uh, what what Clyde was doing. Obviously, I, I selected him uh, number one in my draft on the West Coast. Everybody was asking about him, like, who's this Clyde kid? I was like, oh, it's just some rookie. Man, I wouldn't select him first chance I could get because I know what he's going to do in this offense. So, And it is good to see the offense uh, and, the, and the defense just, just picking up like 
like like they just got them playing the Super Bowl yesterday. I mean, it looked like they, they, they didn't have any rust. It, it looked seamless. It looked clean, clean football. There were no penalties on either side uh, of, the, of the ball between the Texans and the Chiefs for the first half, I want to say. And it was a very clean, uh, good-flowing game. Uh, and my last comment is, man, I really want to send a big shout-out to Sneed because uh, Sneed, the, the, the six-round draft pick, I believe, out of, out of Louisiana Tech, Man, that kid looked looked pretty damn good out there uh, covering Fuller and, and those guys. And, and with uh, Traverius going down with that fractured hand, you know, we're going to be leaning on him and some other kids a little bit more. But, man, just man, just great, man. Great to be in town. Great to be in the city. Great to see the Chiefs just kicking everybody's butt at the beginning, man. Go Chiefs. Let's do it, baby. Run it back. Run it back. Way to start it off, Reggie. You're talking about Legereus Sneed, the fourth-round pick. Got a lot of tech. Stand up. Nice interception in game one for the Kansas City Chiefs. And, yeah, it was running it back for the Kansas City Chiefs. Showed no sign, really, of rust from last season. This isn't going to be a, a team to be reckoned with. Andy Reid owns this division. He's won 9 out of 10 against everybody in this division. The Broncos haven't beaten Patrick Mahomes in nine tries since Peyton Manning was quarterback. The Chiefs have a bye before every road game. In the AFC West, either a mini-buy or a buy if they play on Thursday nights. But, yes, look out. You add this weapon to the Kansas City Chiefs, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, look out. That really, really showcased what the Chiefs have now that they had that running game. They kind of piecemealed the running game. It looked good. Damian Williams looked good at the second half there of the playoffs and kind of got you know all those touchdowns. Patrick Mahomes is actually the leading rusher first two games in the playoffs. I don't expect that. To happen anymore. Let's talk to you in Kansas City. What's up, you? Hey, what's going on? Um, I, I'm sitting here. I was looking at the game, and I, I actually did not pick the Chiefs to win this game. It didn't matter to me because I thought no, no matter what, they're gonna they're gonna be great this season, even if they lose this first game. But I'm sitting here looking at the game, and I'm looking at the uh, the penalties that were almost non-existent one for five yards one for five yards for the kansas city chiefs you think about last year you know sometimes the double digit penalties this team racked up one penalty five yards the texans five for 37 big difference in the game hey i'm looking at the whole andy reed regime i like the whole andy reed since he's been in kansas city and penalties have been a thing um but then I'm looking at the offensive line with with Kalichi Osimile. KO is the man. Just just looking at, I, I was excited to see him get here because I was wondering if the injury would be a problem. But I saw him play today, and I was just enamored with what he brings to the table. I love it, and I can't wait to see more of it. And by the by, we all know Patrick Mahomes is that beast, but with. Ceh right behind him, man. I don't. I don't know who can stop us. Thanks a lot. No question. No question. Good call. Yeah, a little dash of Louisiana hot sauce. You know, Clyde the Glide, Ceh, whatever you want to call him, he makes a difference to this football team. Dan and KCK, what's going on? Good morning, Bink. How you-
you doing, boy? He's good as advertised, Clyde. You have a reserve first game, 135 yards. Great game and a great uh, defense by uh, uh, Matthew when they forced an interception and Snead uh, got the interception. I'm going to ask you something. I called the odd couple last month, uh, Broussard and uh, Rob Parker, and I asked him if the Chiefs were in dynasty. And I told him if we're going to get five Super Bowls, I think we're going to win five Super Bowls. But uh, Broussard said we're going to get two, and uh, Rob Parker said we're not in dynasty, but I think we are going to be in dynasty. Take care of yourself, man. Let's take care of the Chargers. Good stuff, Dan. And here's the thing. Patrick Mahomes is going to turn 25. I mean, it, these quarterbacks are playing until they're, you know, 40 or 41. Like Drew Brees and Tom Brady. Tom Brady's over 40. And you got Drew Brees over 40. And you got Phillip Rivers right there. If Mahomes went, let's just say another, let's say he's got 12 more years with the Chiefs. Let's say he goes 15 years or 16 years. Is it impossible to think that once every Olympic cycle, every four years, the Chiefs make a Super Bowl? I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibilities. A dynasty is what you're looking at. The Chiefs are the way, and I know the Chiefs haven't accomplished the six Super Bowl wins and the nine going that that Tom Brady did, but they were the old king of the mountain. That's why Spags brought in here. you got to beat the New England Patriots. To be the king, you got to beat the king. Chiefs beat the king. Guess what? Tom Brady's in Tampa now, and so's Gronk. You know, the Chiefs crushed their spirits. They could have done it two years ago. In an AFC title game, but it was an unfortunate offside. Do you all remember they would have been probably back-to-back Super Bowl champions, to be quite honest with you. Let's go to Luke in the Northland. Luke, I'm not your father. Bink, I have missed you so bad, man, and your your evening show, man. Well, we're back. I know, right? Um, So, my take on basically this game was, for one, just put it out there. I don't want anybody to say anything about what Oak Four did. I, you know, I I like fully respect that. I, I just don't want anybody to talk about that. That's anyway. So the other thing is, is I feel like we're kind of starting to realize how bad Bob Sutton was because you know in 2018, you know we we were. Uh, an offside short of the Super Bowl. And that was with Sutton. And then we get Spags. And, of course, I'm sure everybody knows in their life, you can't just make a huge change quickly. And so it's the same thing with the defense. You know, we would go from 3-4 and never adjusting at halftime to 4-3 and adjusting at halftime with Spags. And it's a little bit different. And so it took, you know, probably the first half of the season last year to really – you know, get that thing locked down. And, I mean, we just held the Houston Texans to, you know, like not many points. Well, they got like, 20 points. They had 13 in the fourth quarter. They were just – they were really but, garbage time points or whatever you want to call it. But, they I mean, they, they well, scored yeah. them. But, yeah, but they weren't uh, – it weren't key points, let's put it that way. Yeah, but, it, I mean, they had one clutch, like, before it was garbage time touchdown. And that's I, I feel like that's the difference between Spags and um and Sutton and I, I just feel like it's a whole lot different these days. You know, like we were always just waiting for the Chiefs in the past, at least before twenty eighteen and um definitely during twenty eighteen for something to go wrong, you know? We were almost like Cubs fans. We were just like, Oh, what's gonna go wrong? And now it's like, no, we're in a whole new era now. Yeah, it's exactly right, Luke. The, the team is in a new era. You know, Bob Sutton did some 
some good things, right? I mean, his points per game a couple of seasons were down, but the little message was kind of getting lost. They cleaned house. They brought in a bunch of people, man. And I think that Matt House will be a head coach in the NFL or defensive coordinator, Brendan Daly, same thing. I have a lot of faith in them. Dave Merritt, another guy. Sam Mattis, another guy with the arrow going in the right direction. Chiefs just gave up 19.3 points a game last year. Seventh in the NFL, which is really impressive considering where they started. Really in Mexico City at halftime of that game against the Chargers. Things kind of flipped. But, you know, Spags was that Patriots killer. You know, he's the one that beat him in the Super Bowl with the Giants. That was Spags. That's a new identity. That's defense. Hold on to the phones, the phone lines there in the Cable Dahmer Arena hotline. I'll get back to you in just a second. But right now, I'm pleased to be joined by the man that hosts Fesco, co-hosts Fesco in the morning and also the chief sideline reporter making his debut tonight, the one, the only, Josh Klingler. Kling, good evening. Good evening, Bank. That was, uh, that was a fun one. That was a cool one to get uh, to get out of the way for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> right, I felt a little pressure. Gotta be honest with you, I felt a little pressure that if uh, if, if things didn't go well tonight, this you know could be on me, could have been on Damon, right? The, the, <laughs> the newbies on the the newbies on the squad there. So uh, glad to get that uh, get that done for a lot of reasons. But pretty pretty impressive uh, victory tonight for the uh, for the Chiefs, and and certainly after overcoming that early deficit and going on a nice little run, that was uh, that was impressive display. Still plenty to get better at, which is again awesome to see. Yeah, great broadcast, Kling, for the debut. When you look at that, I'll get to the game here in a second. What was kind of the atmosphere like? What was it when you look up in the stands? What did it was fifteen thousand eight hundred ninety five was the announced attendance? What was kind of your reaction from the sideline? I mean, it sounded good on on the on the crowd. They didn't have to pump yeah. in noise. They made a, a point to to bring that up a couple times during the broadcast. But how did how did the noise kind of translate to the game? No, I think I think it did uh, affect in the game. It certainly pumped up the players. I mean, they came out for the uh, kind of uh, you know full scale warm ups and were were you know chatting with the crowd and pumping them up. And I, I think the players needed that that little jolt, that little bump because you know they're used to that at even training camp and certainly at preseason games. And so I kind of called it on the broadcast human interaction. They needed some some human interaction with others tonight. And I thought. You know they gave they gave the Chiefs a lot of energy. You know it's not the same as seventy seven thousand, but they made a lot of noise for seventeen. And you know it it, it uh, certainly felt like that everybody that was there was ready to make noise and try to make up for those that, that couldn't be there. So you know all in all, a pretty good debut from that perspective as well. And I know the NFL was watching, so um, you know hopefully we put on a good impression for what what can be done uh, with the right protocols around the, the NFL. Maybe we get fans into uh, to other stadiums and other venues. Chief Sideline Reporter Josh Klingler joins us now. Uh, A.D. Reid called his mask brutal because it kept fogging up. I'm sure you've heard about the fog. I, I've got a solution for him. That scuba diving stuff, Kling. I mean, they make a ton of this, like, anti-fog stuff for scuba divers. I think that's what he needs. Yeah. Uh, he and I were having the same problem tonight. I, I, I wear glasses, and so uh, I'm used to a little bit of the fogging up with the mask. But tonight, I don't know if it was the humidity and the rain and whatever. I was having the hardest time, too, so... I was feeling a little bit like Andy Reid. I couldn't keep my glasses on. I, I totally uh, fogged up. So, yeah, he may have to go to a to a different plan moving forward. But it didn't seem to affect the way he looked at the at the play call sheet, right? I mean, it, it seemed like he was he was handling it just fine. So, uh, I didn't it didn't seem to bother uh, didn't seem to bother him tonight. He had a few tricks up his sleeve. Had a few uh, new plays that they uh, kind of debuted tonight. And certainly, the way that they spread the football around shows you all the different options. Uh, they have at their disposal, uh, even on a night where 
Uh, you heard Patrick Mahomes kind of discuss it, uh, that they were definitely keying on Tyreek Hill, and so there weren't a lot of options there for him, and that gave other opportunities to other players. And then, and then the, the running game, looking like, looking like the hype, right? Game number one, I don't know if we've seen anybody quite as hyped as Clyde Edwards-Colaire, and that even includes the, uh, the quarterback. He comes out and has a heck of a debut and, and certainly off to a, to a nice start and what they can do in the run game. Yeah, I'll leave you with this because, Kling, I know you got to get up in the morning at 5.58 to be at Fesco in the morning. And don't forget Mitch Holtis, uh, the voice of the Chiefs, joins you guys at 7.30. So I have two-thirds of the broadcast team uh, going at 7.30 on 610 Sports Radio. Clyde Edwards-Alaire. You know, James Palmer had tweeted out earlier that he even said the playbook was easy, which we, we all know it's not, but – this guy stood up in the biggest games, had a huge game against Alabama, had a huge game against Clemson, national title game. Is he as a cool of a cucumber as we think he is? Yeah. I mean, he's, he, every time you hear him speak, he, he sounds like grown up. <laughs> I mean, doesn't sound like a, an overwhelmed rookie. He seems like he's got a, a level uh, head about him. Um, he's got, you know, Tyron Matthew, who's kind of been his mentor and known him for, for a long time due to their LSU ties. He's made kind of connections with other running backs uh, in the in the NFL and, and, and former running backs. I just think he's got a great network around him as well. And then you know they weren't they weren't afraid if they if you show you can handle it, they're going to give you that entire package. And certainly it wasn't look like they, they made it simple uh, for Clyde Edwards-Helaire. It's just that he's got a pretty good grasp of the playbook already. And so I think that uh, you know he's earned every spot he's gotten thus far in a, in a strange season where. And frankly, at the beginning of it, Jay, I wouldn't count on any rookie. It's like, you got a, you got anything out of any rookies across the NFL this year, I thought that might be a bonus uh, based on the fact that we had no offseason. And then uh, I guess the Chiefs are showing us otherwise. There were a number of rookies that played well tonight. Um, you know, Legereus Need in the, in the uh, secondary had a really good game tonight, including the interception, of course. And and uh, a number of others contributed in, in terms of those those young players. So, Guess it doesn't matter. They didn't have an off season either. They looked uh, they looked pretty good on opening night. Great stuff. Kling will be listening at five fifty eight in the morning. Good job tonight on the debut at the Chiefs Radio Network. We appreciate it. We'll be listening in the morning. All right, off the bed. Good night. There you go, uh, Josh Klingler, right there with us. Yeah, I mean Turk Wharton, Tyshawn Wharton. He's Missouri S and T. You know, small college. You know, he was forced to play with when he had uh, with the Charverius Ward with a fractured hand, and Colin Saunders left early with that dislocated elbow. In Okafor with the hamstring, you relied on some of the young guys. You relied on Mike Dana, the draft pick that went to Central Michigan, then Michigan. Had a couple of tackles tonight, credited with three in this game. And then you have, uh, you know, Turk Wharton. Tyshawn Wharton had a nice night-night, two tackles uh, for him. But these guys are going to be counted on. And then, of course, Sneed with the interception. So it wasn't just Clyde as far as a rookie that did make an impact in this game, made clearly the biggest impact. And it'll probably be talked around uh, this league quite a bit. But, uh, yeah, good, good showing tonight for the rookies. Back to the Cable Dahmer Arena hotline now. Uh, reaction from you. Let's go to Michael in Smithville. What's up, Michael? Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, uh, my uh, impression of the game tonight was, uh, it was I mean, it was obviously good, but I thought the Chiefs pretty much uh, turned down the offense in the second half. They had the big lead at halftime, and, you know, I want to know from you, what's it going to take to beat this Chiefs team? I mean, <laughs> we we went up against a, you know, a great defense last year in the Super Bowl, and, you know, we scored, what, 21 points in the last five minutes, and, you know, pretty much ran away with that game. So, I mean, we've added uh, Clyde this year, and, 
you know, you got Mahomes behind center, and you know, the defense is much improved from you know previous years. What's it going to take? I mean, I I sit there and think about that all the time. I mean, even on average games that the Chiefs play, which I consider tonight's game maybe a C plus, B minus. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. And it wasn't even even close. I mean, it was over at halftime. Let's be honest. I mean, you know, we didn't try anything exotic in the second half. We didn't get anything really crazy going on offense. And, you know, the defense was so much improved that I want to know what it's going to take from a team out there to actually go toe-to-toe with us and actually beat us where we don't shoot ourselves in the foot, you know, all things equal. What's it going to take to beat us? <laughs> That's what great, I want to know. That's a great question. I mean, there's teams in this league trying to figure it out. How are you going to stop them? And then when you see the addition of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I mean, it's going to take mistakes. I mean, keep this in mind, too. Pat Mahomes has never been beat by more than seven points. And the Chiefs, like in the postseason, spotted points. Uh, you might remember when the Houston gets off, um, the, the defense stops him, gives the ball back to the Chiefs. Chiefs actually had a touchdown dropped in the game by Demarcus Robinson, a 36-yard strike from Pat Mahomes. Well, the Chiefs would have led this game, but they fall down 7 to nothing. Time of possession, 34 minutes for the Chiefs, 25 for Houston. And when we saw the Chiefs get beat last year, it was other teams controlling the clock. Remember that Colts game last year? That was frustrating because they kept running the ball and they'd have effectiveness running the football. And it was very frustrating watching it. I mean, keeping 15 over on the sideline, that's one of the ways to beat them. I mean, if you want to beat the Chiefs, it, 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 it's ground control. The, the problem with Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs, he's got to the point that Peyton Manning gets to, the Tom Brady, the Joe Montana, the great ones. They get to this point that you start worrying about how much time is left on the clock. Heck, I can remember times when Phillip Rivers wasn't throwing interceptions all the time and they were actually beating the Chiefs from time to time. You worried at the end of the game, you're like, man, we just gave Phil a minute 45 at the end of the game. What's he going to do? Because you worry about that. In your mind, you're like, well, that quarterback can do it. What do you think they think of Mahomes? Down 24 points in the postseason. Down 10. Down 10 in the Super Bowl. Comes back and wins. Down the night. It's the calmness, the coolness that he provides, the the no panicking that he gives his teammates. That, that stuff's leadership, and you, and you can't teach that stuff. He's got it. They say there's it. He's got it. And it, it is harder to find, but he's got it. But, yes, yeah, scheming against the Kansas City Chiefs, not an easy thing to do. Can't even imagine how you'd go about trying to beat this team. What are you going to stop Tyreek? Okay. Then Travis Kelsey's going to eat, who's got uh, four, the only tight end in NFL history with uh, four straight 1,000-yard seasons. He's got 200 catches the last two years. Then you had Clyde as a weapon. Man, they got weapons all over the place. Let's go to let's go to Nick. What's up, Nick? Hey, what's up, Jay? How you doing, my friend? Hey, we're doing good, my man. Hey, I, man, I hate to tell you this, but you're forgetting about somebody. Who? Sammy Watkins, man. Seven catches, 82 yards, and a touchdown. I was getting ready to get to Sammy Watkins. Man, I'm glad you brought him up, but I was getting... Well, I mean, there's just so many people, and I'll tell you this about Sammy Watkins. You're right, seven catches, 82 yards. But the one thing about Sammy Watkins, too, it's not in the stat book. You're not going to see it on the box score, Nick. The way he blocks. I mean, he, oh, yeah. he, he I brings... Saw I saw the block, too. He, I understand. He brings that but, Heinz Ward-esque toughness to the game. I'm not calling him Heinz Ward in that, but Heinz Ward brought a little bit of that something-something, and you always had to look at where he was. I remember him getting into it with Gilmore last year. You know, Sammy Watkins, the biggest reason I was real excited when he came back 
Dude's willing to stick his head in. And if you notice when he caught, he'd stick the shoulder and go for the extra yards. He's, he's tough, he's man. He's getting hurt. No, he's tough. But uh, that, I just like I've been listening. I was like, man, why is he not talking about him? Oh, I was good. I got two and, hours, and, brother. And, and one more thing I got to talk about you. The first or the second caller you had, I mean, you got to have a little more confidence about our team. We're going to win. <laughs> I love it. And why shouldn't you be confident? Chiefs are world champions. It, it, there's nothing to me that says they can't do it again. Again, we're talking about in this age of COVID, when there's so much uncertainty. Not with this team. They're not acclimating a new quarterback like the Bengals are with Burrow. They're not worried about timing and chemistry. Heck, the Texans went with a new defensive coordinator this year, even though he's been on the staff for a while. Romeo Cornell just went to assistant head coach, kind of stepped back from defensive coordinator role. But every single coach is back from the world champions. That just didn't happen. I don't care what sport you're in, the NHL, the NBA, MLB. When you win a title, you often lose people with attrition. Not the Chiefs. All the position coaches are back. You get these players coming back and running it back except for opt-outs like LDT and Damian Williams. But you're not worried about this. Someone called about Kelechi Osimile. And, man, what a great what a great pickup by the Chiefs. This guy's nasty, man. He brings that toughness to the offensive line. Keep Mahomes' uniform clean. It was pretty clean tonight. It really was. They could probably wear it again tomorrow without even washing it. It was that clean. It's good to see. Let's go to Pam and KCMO. What's up, Pam? Hey, good Chiefs win. Just got one question. Do you think Damian Williams did us a favor by opting out in order to allow uh, Edwards to do his thing? Oh, I mean, I I don't know. I mean, it's it would be nice to have that depth with Damian Williams. He was certainly a stud getting the touchdowns in the postseason. So, no, I wouldn't say that. It was a favor. I, I do think Clyde would have found playing time with this team. I think he would have been tough to beat out as the number one running back, to be quite honest with you. Well, I'm just curious because this guy, this guy with the hype that he had around him that is Mahomes-esque, it just, it just seems like he's, at least through the first game, lived up to it. And I'm, just, I, I'm not saying I wouldn't want Williams back. I'm just saying that given it, it just seems as if it was almost a, something that may have been meant to be in, in, in its own way. Yeah, but Damien was good. Yeah, did Damien was good in the AFC title game. He was great in the Super Bowl. Yeah, the Chiefs only had two 100-yard rushing games during the season last year. They already got one right now, and Edwards Hilaire, who and knows I'll, how many 100-yard games he's going to have. He's going to rack them up. No penalties. Oh, my God. One. Five yards through the whole game. Yeah. It was good to see. Hey, freaking men to that. Hey, Jay, good to hear you. Good to hear the Chiefs. Good to see fans in the stands in some sort of a sport. Sure. It was good to see. 15,895 fans, and they were loud. They were bringing their A game. They were bringing their A game. Don't forget to listen, because when we come back, it'll be the play of the game. You'll hear the play of the game, then you call Fesco and Kling in the morning at 930 and Mikowski. Name the name of player that was involved in the play. You can get a 25 gift card to Topper's Pizza and a chance at a man- monthly grand prize of $500 to Mazaris Jewelry. We'll do that when we come back. This is the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show presented by 7th Street Casino, 610 Sports Radio. It's the play of the game. A remarkable acrobatic scramble. And the kick is good. He got it. 
one yard corner pattern to the near side. Brought to you by Mazarese Jewelry. Mazarese Jewelry in the business of forever. Ball at the Texan 27. They zone block it to the right. Cut back left run. It goes to Edward Tillaire. 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Kansas City CEH with TD1. What a night for the rookie clad Edward Tillaire. A great cutback run. That's our play of the game. 27-yard touchdown by the rookie Clyde Edwards Alaire. If you were calling the Fesco in the morning at 930. Name a player involved in the play and get a $25 gift card to Topper's Pizza with a chance at a monthly grand prize of $500 to Mazaris Jewelry. What a way to see Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Here's some notes for the Chiefs game. Andy Reid, by the way, 223 wins now. Most combined wins, regular and postseason, that is number six. He is six away from the great Curly Lambeau. The leader in the clubhouse is Don Shula with 347, followed by Hallis with 324. Belichick's got 304 and counting. Landry, 270. Curly Lambeau, 229. And Andy Reid sits six all-time with 223, really cementing his legacy. He's already a Pro Football Hall of Famer and just adds to it. 208 regular season wins, which puts him number sixth all-time. So he's six all-time in regular season and regular season in postseason, and the Chiefs, most consecutive season openers won. 2015 to 2020, the Chiefs have won six straight season openers. Not only that, they've won seven games in a row. The record for this team is 11 games in a row between 15 and 16, and they won nine in a row in 03, 13 in 2017, in the 18, but they've won seven straight right now, have a divisional game against the Chargers. Coming up next, I mentioned the Chiefs have a nine-game winning streak against Denver. Five in a row against the Raiders, but nine out of ten against the Raiders and the Broncos. Two in a row against the Chargers. Eleven in the last 12, nine in the last ten. So Andy Reid's certainly no stranger to winning against the AFC West. Really a warning sign that we saw from, from around the league if you're watching the Chiefs game. They had to impress. People have been so starved for football coming back in the NFL. Yeah, they got a little bit of taste of college. We haven't seen big matchups yet in college football, but it's still football when we watch it. And maybe you're one of the lucky few that uh, gets a ticket to a high school football game because they don't give out much, but uh, usually just the parents or whatever get to go to it. But you get to see the Chiefs tonight. I know so many people were excited about seeing this team, and it's it's really weird. Uh, as I said, I mean, the parade. I mean, th- this year in St. Joe would have been unbelievable. It always is unbelievable. So many people come up there. The expectations for the Kansas City Chiefs year in and year out, people have the license plate holders. They always have, not just because they won the Super Bowl. People have a ton of red. They have a ton of Chiefs jerseys. They just do. It's one of those things that people just have. Red Fridays, it's easy to find something. Kansas City Chiefs, everybody's got it. You go around town, you see stickers, license plate holders, jerseys, T-shirts, et cetera. Probably would have seen them in St. Joe this year. So it's a little bit different. The fact, you know, the fans to show their appreciation to the Chiefs and winning the Super Bowl and all the guys that came back and, you know, 15,895 got a chance to go out there firsthand, see the banner. And, of course, that uh, they opened up practice there to 5,000 fans where they had a banner uh, raised as well. But the banner and, of course, those rings they got um, a week ago, the very impressive Super Bowl rings 
uh, that this team earned and gave us all a thrill last February when they won the Super Bowl, then the parade, then, of course, the shutdown. But it's National Football League. People were watching this. This was what people wanted to see. And it was one of those new era games between what the NFL is billing up as maybe the new future of quarterbacks in the AFC. Obviously, Lamar Jackson with Mahomes, that's going to be talked about. He's 0-2 against Mahomes when they play in week three. Everybody's going to be talking about the showdown with Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson has never beat Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes is now 2-1 against Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson and the Texans actually trailed the Chiefs 17-3 last year in the regular season, came back and won that game. A lot of people forget that the Texans did bounce back, but then it was the Chiefs in the postseason coming back 24 points and putting it on the Texans. So 2-1, and one, and he's 2-0 and oh against Lamar Jackson. So you think about those Brady matchups, Brady and Manning matchups, and how much fun they were. What's the future? Now, we haven't seen him play, and I don't know about the Bengals. Marvin Lewis, I think, did go to eight playoffs with the Bengals. Couldn't win. Can they win in Cincinnati? Probably so with Joe Burrow. He's a winner that comes from that LSU team with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Will Joe Burrow be in the same class? We'll be talking about, you know, Burrow and Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, and Pat Mahomes, and maybe Josh Allen. But Mahomes and Watson will be linked because of where they were drafted. And Deshaun Watson was a popular choice with a lot of people, and I think he's a tremendous quarterback. I mean, the guy threw for over 400 yards against Alabama in back-to-back title games. He can certainly do it. He's an amazing talent. It's just that Bill O'Brien holds him back. They traded DeAndre Hopkins, which didn't make sense. And by the way, he tweeted the words grateful tonight. I don't think the Texans are ready for the next step because I don't like the head coach-quarterback combination. Same thing in Denver. I love the offensive weapons they have with the Denver Broncos. But again, Drew Locke's on his second offensive coordinator in two years. And Vic Fangio, I don't think, is well, he's a defensive mind. I don't see that gelling well with with, uh, with Drew Locke. Kansas City just has the perfect combination. Coach-quarterback combination with Mahomes and Andy Reid. It's like they're on the same page. It's like they're thinking the same things. And Patrick's still learning. You heard him on that HBO special with LeBron James, that uh, the, the show he has, the barbershop. You know, he's talking about just, you know, understanding the quarterback position. And I will say with this with Mahomes, he didn't have the offers coming out of high school. He went to Texas Tech, and I think it served him well, to be honest with you, just that mentality of scoring every time. And he didn't have to do that with the running back like Clyde Edwards-Alaire. But they were 128th out of 128 teams in scoring defense, meaning every time he's on the field, he had to score touchdowns. It was a lot like his first year here. I mean, he's losing games scoring 50 points until this defense flipped and changed. He didn't have to do that anymore. You know, to put up the – uh the ungodly numbers that he did, will we see that again with the better defense? Probably not. You don't need to see that. He's got the mojo for being a quarterback, and they're on the same page. It's why guys want to come back. It's why guys want to come here and play. It's why Terrell Suggs, that could have walked off into the sun last year or just gone to the Ravens, but Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes, hey, come over here and play, and he comes and plays. He's got that chemistry down with the wide receivers. They worked out with him in the offseason. And the guy is a leader, and the guy's cutthroat when he's on the football field. And as I mentioned, he's never lost a game by more than seven points, ever. That's it. He's always been within a touchdown of winning a game. And then you add in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. <laughs> I mean, it is a warning sign to the National Football League what the Kansas City Chiefs have. It just is. 
There's no way you're watching that tonight and go, well, you know, the Chiefs still don't have that running game. We still need to see what they can do running the football. You know, Damian Williams opts out. What are they going to do? Can Clyde Edwards-Lair come in as a rookie and be good, be efficient? Will he know the playbook in time? I mean, Andy Reid's playbook is not easy. But you know what? Pat Mahomes and those guys, they understand that Eric Bieni will memorize what Andy Reid wants to call. He's even said he's got it. He's got with his memories where he remembers the installs as, as they go with the Kansas City Chiefs. Memorizes it going forward. It's unbelievable. Our phone line on the Cable Dahmer Arena hotline, 913-576-7610. If you have a comment or you can text the Smitty's Garage, Burgers will be your text line, 913-576-7610. Don't forget our phone number is the same number as our text line. Well, we'll hear from the Kansas City Chiefs. In the locker room as well, the sounds of the game brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound. Santa Fe Auto Sound, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. Let's hear what the Honey Badger had to say after the game. What you guys did with the Texans in that quote-unquote moment of unity before the game. And secondly, we could hear some boos. I wonder what you thought about that. Yeah, I don't. Um, I mean, I'm Travis so locked in okay? on the field and what yeah, I got to do. I didn't really hear that. Right, um, well, let's start with. Uh, I was more impressed we'll that you know, like fans no showed up. We- um, you know, they definitely got behind us. Um, as far as the first part of that question, um, obviously us as a team, uh, we did, we tried our best to stick with our original plan um, and display unity, uh, and we tried our best to give the Texans their respect um, by that by them standing in the locker room, uh, making their own decision. Um, but us coming together uh, on a 50 yard line. Um, and locking arms, um, I think that sends a great message of, 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 of unity and togetherness. Let's go to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Tyron, you uh, said the other day that uh, you had seen all of Clyde's tricks. Did you see anything tonight you hadn't seen before from him? Nah, any, any new tricks from him? Nah, nah. I'm so impressed with the young man. I've you know, obviously, I'm a huge LSU guy. Uh, I bleed purple and gold. So I've seen him stick his foot in the ground like that many of times. I've seen him bounce off, you know, plenty of Alabama, Florida, you know, Mississippi State guys. Um, so, uh, but uh, he's a great, he's a great guy for us. Um, I think he's going to, you know, continue to add to this offense and, and give us that spark that we need. Um, you know, I felt like he really showed up today. And, you know, we played a balanced game, you know, all the way around. I think he was a big part of that. Let's go to Sam Mellinger. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, uh, Tyron, that's a really good offense you guys played tonight. Um, they had seven points midway through the fourth quarter. I'm just wondering, was there something specific tonight that was working for you guys? You see this as kind of a continuation of, of what you were doing the second half of last year. So now I'm pissed off. Um, I felt like, you know, we played, you know, fairly decent, um, you know, up until probably the last couple of stretches, you know, in the fourth quarter. Um, just started giving up big plays, big chunks, uh, things that we weren't necessarily doing throughout the game. So, um, in my mind, we got a lot more work to do. Um, felt like if we would have held those guys at seven points, it would have been a much better feeling. Um, I think those guys scoring 20 um, kind of leaves a bad taste in our mouth. So uh, we got a lot of work to do. I'm looking forward to next week. Let's go to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Tyron, I'm interested to know no preseason games, watching Legereus Need have quite a performance, honestly. Uh, just what did you see from the rookie in training camp that led to his performance? And just what was your guys is doing that, that let him have a good game on the defensive end? Yeah, well, we don't we don't listen to outside noise. You know, we focus on what our coaches tell us. 
Uh, we focus on our teammates and, and trying to encourage each other, build each other up. Um, uh, I, I wouldn't say that I saw him having this day, um, but I did see the kid playing solid ball. Um, I did see him, you know, making tackles, making plays. And uh, But to have a night like this, you know, on primetime TV, the whole world's watching, um, all his family is watching. You know, I'm just excited for him, happy for him going forward. Let's go to Blair Kirkhoff. Go ahead, Blair. And, and Tyron, following that, how about your role in Sneed's interception? Just take us through the play. Yeah, I'm just doing my job, man. Um, you know, trying my best to, you know, make an impact on the play. Um, you know, a lot of what I do don't show up on a stat sheet, um, but I love to do it. So um, I'm just happy that he caught it. Um, you know, we left a lot of those interceptions just like that on the field last year. I think we dropped maybe, you know, 10 or 11, you know, as a group. So to see the kid focus in, lock in, you know, catch the ball and then show his 4-3 speed. Um, yeah, I think that's why he's starting for us right now. Got time for a couple more. Let's go Cody Tapp and then Aaron Ladd to close us out. Go ahead, Cody. Tyron, how did you guys, how do you think you guys held up once Ward left the game? Obviously, he's a guy you guys have counted on in that defense every game last year. How do you think everybody kind of served in his absence once he was gone? And how do you think you guys will do uh, no matter how long he might be out? Yeah, I mean, you know, there's no doubt about it. You know, he'll be a big loss for us. Uh, you know, uh, Lil Mooney, C. Ward, you know, he, he's played big for us. You know, even going back to last season, you know, uh, he's somebody that we count on tremendously, you know, just to play man-to-man, bump press each and every play. Um, but, yeah, everybody on our defense is a starter. And I think that's how our coaches coach. Um, and I think us as players, that's how we practice, you know, as if at any given moment, somebody could step up and, and have to go in the game, make a big play. Let's go to Aaron to close this out. Go ahead, Aaron. Now that you kind of got the first game under your belt, was it louder than what you expected in there? And, and what do you think moving forward to, to games that don't have fans in the stands? Yeah, I mean, well, we got a good football group. We, we were pretty confident, so we, we like to talk. I'm pretty sure we'll talk to each other you know, a lot more when we go to stadiums with our fans. But, I mean, it's always a blessing to play in front of our fans. They're a big part of the game. Um, talk about energy, chemistry, you know, home field advantage, um, third downs, you know, pushing the ball on the field. Our fans play a big part in, you know, uh, how we operate, you know, as a team. So, uh, you know, it was a blessing to have them in the stands. Uh, they're always loud. They're always into it. And, you know, we feed off them. And next week they'll be at the brand-new SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles to play the Chargers. And I don't know if you watched Hard Knocks or not, but they bounced around between the Rams and the Chargers. This place looks unbelievable, let's be honest. The stadium's incredible. I mean, this, the stadium is really cool, but anyway, the Chiefs, and I know they don't care about the stadium, but this place is unbelievable. They want the win. And I think it's good. And Tyron Matthew, you know, talking about stepping up, Jerry Sneed, the 39-yard pick, it's like different guys step up, and that's a blessing to hear. It can't always be the same person. It can be Frank Clark getting to the quarterback. Chris Jones definitely got to the quarterback tonight. Deshaun Watson, Derek Noddy did a nice job on a defensive line. They did have any injuries with the Colin Saunders, which you hate to see because I think he was really coming into his own in Okafor in Charverius Ward, that fractured hand, but it's next man up. And we've seen the Chiefs go through injuries before. Now they came in unscathed. I mean, his team was healthy as could be. Texans actually have to activate somebody from the practice squad because what happens is instead of seven inactives, you have five inactives because you can increase your roster by two going from 53 to 55 men um, with the way the new CBA works out. And you don't have to uh, sit seven guys inactive. It's just five games. So instead of five, 46 guys active, 
you can have 48, but somebody else only steps up. And, of course, Tyron Matthew talking about Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and he had six games last year over 100 yards. We all know how explosive Joe Burrow in that offense was throwing the football. But it's what you do against the biggest competition at Alabama, 103 yards rushing, nine catches, 77 yards, a touchdown. He even returned the kick in the national title game against Clemson. 16 carries, 110 yards, five catches, 54 yards. He shows up in the biggest games, and a lot of times, you know, GMs or scouts will tell you, who'd you play? You know, this wasn't Georgia Southern on his schedule, which which it was, but he had 45 yards rushing. But what do you do against Alabama? What do you do against Auburn? 136 yards against Auburn, seven catches, 51 yards. It's showing up in the biggest games. And I love the way this defense is gelling and come together. It's a warning sign. I thought the defense looked good. There were some garbage points there at the end that really didn't matter. You saw it with your own two eyes. This defense was getting after Deshaun Watson. He's extremely mobile. He can move around. And I thought he could have been sacked even more than the four sacks the Chiefs had tonight. Maybe at least six or seven sacks. But Deshaun Watson is elusive. He's tough to bring down. But I thought the defense looked good. Then you added that running game. And as the caller pointed out earlier, how would you beat the Chiefs? I do not know that answer. And I don't think the NFL knows that answer either. Let's go out to Lawrence, Kansas, and talk to Connor. What's up, Connor? Hey, how you doing, man? Doing great. 34-20 win. Chiefs want to know. Oh, yeah, man. I'm hella excited about that. I mean, great win. I mean, I think the offense gelled pretty good. And uh, I think the defense stepped up, honestly. I, uh, I'm i pretty excited for the season going forward. I think Patrick, you know, left off right where he uh, – Left off, so I think I think we're 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 going uh, good. No, no question about it, uh, Connor. I, I do feel. Did you have any intrepidation about the night's game? Were you worried at all with the Texans? Because people started, you know, talking them up. Look out for the Texans. They came back on the Chiefs in the regular season. They're going to be mad about that twenty-four point comeback by the Chiefs. Yeah, you know, I was like looking at the roster and everything. I know they lost DeAndre uh, Hopkins, but they also picked up Randall Cobb and Brandon Cook. So I was a little bit worried about that. But uh, you know, they went up seven nothing on us early, and uh, I, I wasn't really worried. I looked back to the uh, AFC Championship game, twenty four nothing, and we came back. So you know, I believed in our guys, and we uh, we stuck with our game plan. And you know, big win tonight, and one to zero. That's all I got to say. Hey, good call, and thanks for calling in. From Lawrence, you can call in as well on the Cable Dom Arena hotline, 913-576-7610 if you want to talk about the Chiefs in game one. Will Fuller, a healthy Will Fuller. Didn't have to worry about an injured Will Fuller because it's the first game of the season. Eight catches, 112 yards. He was effective tonight. Uh, Cobb, two catches, 23 yards. Brandon Cooks was a game-time decision for the Texans. He chimes in with two uh, receptions for 20 yards. This Texans team... I mean, we want to give it respect because of Deshaun Watson. And, you know, last year, total defense, this team was 28, 25th against the run, 29th against the pass. Points per game, and they gave up 24 points a game last year, did the Texans. And you kind of wonder where they're going to be. I mean, they're, they're so far behind the Kansas City Chiefs right now. And I don't think anybody's saying the Texans are the second-best team in the AFC. They're not. They're not even close to the second-best team in the AFC. That's going to be Baltimore. When we see Baltimore in a couple weeks, it's going to be a road game. But I'll say this about the Chiefs. They're going into places that aren't exactly intimidating. Now, I got in a little bit of an argument with somebody. We were talking about home field advantage or not in the NFL. Does it exist? 
Because there's, what, six, seven teams that allow fans uh, to go to NFL games. Chiefs will be playing in front of some empty stadiums. You know, the crowd tonight was making noise, but it's not as loud as 77,000 at Arrowhead. I do think, honestly, though, there is a bit of an advantage to playing at home. And you might say, why is there an advantage playing at home if there's no fans? I still think that traveling, getting on a plane, getting out of your comfort zone, these guys have been, you know, not in a bubble, but they've been almost bubbleized in their training camp at their home facilities. All the teams had their their, their, their training camp right near their facilities. Now, 23 of the teams always did. It was always eight or nine teams that traveled uh, to have their training camp, like the Chiefs did, just barely up in St. Joe, 45 minutes. But, you know, getting on a plane, traveling, staying in a hotel, doing these type of things, that could be the only advantage. I consider that actually an advantage. I know a lot of people don't, but I consider that an advantage. But the Chiefs are picking up right where they left off, and all these people saying, well, you know, you the New England Patriots, the only team to go back-to-back recently, you can't do it. Well, Mahomes wasn't supposed to win an MVP in a Super Bowl MVP before he turned 24 years old. He's resetting the record books by what he does. He does the things you say he can't do. He goes out and does. It's like that perpetual chip. You know, people will doubt Mahomes and, and you know, look at the NFL top 100. You know, he's not the best player. He clearly is the best player in the National Football League. There's not even a question about it. Fine. Will that drive him? Fine. What quarterback would you take? If you put every quarterback in the NFL, you would take the Chiefs. And it's so weird that we say that, especially in Kansas City with the quarterback position, that you have a quarterback that everybody else in this league would want. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to be talked about tomorrow across the country. He already is. Everybody asks about Clyde. He had all that buzz because of fantasy football. It's unbelievable. People were picking him instead of Christian McCaffrey. Some. But they were all asking about Clyde. What will he add to this offense? And I said, Andy Reid probably has a million plays for him. He just does. He'll find out what you did well in college, and that's what he'll do. A lot of the stuff from Pat Mahomes was RPOs that was done at Texas Tech. What did he do, and what? how did he have success? And they implemented that. So much so that a couple years ago, Gary Patterson of TCU was getting ready to play Texas Tech. It's back when Kingsbury was there instead of in Arizona. And they watched Kansas City film to get ready for Texas Tech because they're implementing a lot of the same things. Ain't broke, don't fix it. Use the same things. I mean, you can go back to LSU's <laughs> incredible offense last year. They were lighting it up. Jamar Chase opted out this year, the outstanding Blitnikoff winner, and you had Joe Burrow, Heisman Trophy winner, and you had Clyde. The team, that LSU team, was one for the ages. And Clyde was a piece of that. He understands that he's a winner. He's a national champion, and he steps right into this team. It's the pedigree and where you came up from. He's got it. And you want to know about it? Well, he proved it tonight. First game, do you have jitters? Well, he didn't show that tonight. Running hard, running like we thought he would run. Let's go back out to the Cable Dom Arena hotline. Talk to, oh, it's Crazy Ray. What's up, Crazy Ray? I actually think that 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 running back is going to be a beast if they keep running him like he is. He might make a couple touchdowns. I also want to think that they should play a little bit more on Sorensen in the defense. I think Sorensen is actually a leader. He's played there a long time. And I think that he'd be a good – him and number 91 on Kansas City would be a lot better. You know, uh, Frank Clark's good. Chris Jones is good. But 
They really need they really, the, the the guys in the very back back. They really need to step up like number twenty twenty five and number thirty two on defense. They really need to step up a little. Twenty five is Clyde. He's on offense. No, the other guy that was in the background on, on whoever is on the very back row of the defense. The, 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 when they throw the ball, he just pushed him and he fell down. But he didn't really do nothing compared to Chris Jones. Frank Clark did a good job. But I really think that they need to play Sorensen and lead the team on the defense side, you know. Someone to be a real step up and lead the team on defense, you know. Well, Ray, Ray, it's hard to it's hard to point fingers at these defense that I thought they were good. Dan Sorensen, I'll give the guy credit, man. He he's one of those team inspirers. He made so many hits. I mean, he crushed Derrick Henry. And he Dan Sorensen here too. Yes, he would be. That's what I'm talking about. He would get down there and crush. He does those uplifting hits. The guy's a hitter. It's a natural. I love to see what he does, Ray. But I really have – I don't really have complaints about the secondary tonight. They were dealing without their best corner, Shavarius Ward. Fractured his hand. Put Rashad Fenton in there. Bo Pete Keys was inactive, so they didn't have him. Algeria Sneed getting the big pick. And I feel this defensive line with the pressure they're going to add will help the secondary out so much more. I just do. Because they can get to the quarterback. They got the Deshaun Watson four times. How many did they leave on the table, Kramer? Four, four sacks, three to four sacks probably with Deshaun Watson's scrambling ability? Yeah, four. Four sacks on Deshaun Watson. Yeah. And since we're uh, giving shout-outs to people, how about Harrison Butker? Two for two tonight with field goals, including, as Kramer's a big kick guy, 15 games straight with the made field goal, uh, beating out the great Lawrence Tynes back from the mid-2000s. So he was a guy that uh, gets kicked. It counts, man. He kicked a 61-yarder in pregame. The record, NFL record, 64 by Matt Prater. But uh, I'll give Butker a chance. You know, I think they will. If it's over 60 yards, let's get to see him. Because it's not going to matter. The one thing about the Chiefs when you watch them, I mean, it doesn't matter after the 5, the 10, the 50. It does not matter. With Pat Mahomes and what he does on third down and that ability, what he does, his ability to, to throw it to open receivers to get open, just that chemistry he has with Travis Kelsey. I thought Travis Kelsey made some great moves tonight. Not like Clyde Edwards' moves. What he did to Justin Reed is legal in 48 states. I mean, he broke his ankles with his cut, but I thought that uh, Travis Kelsey looked spry tonight. Six catches, 50 yards, a touchdown. I mean, yards after catch with Kelsey. Loved the play in the backfield where Mahomes looked to the right, he looked to the left. Hits Travis Kelsey. He heads up the middle. It, the one thing about the Chiefs is they'll use all the quadrants of the field. You know, and they really didn't go deep much tonight. I mean, 36 yards was dropped by Demarcus Robinson. But they can go deep on the left, deep on the right, hit the middle with Travis Kelsey, run the ball with Clyde edwards Lair. Texans, I don't think, were prepared for the 166 yards on the ground the Kansas City Chiefs brought. I mean, they brought it today. With their running game, the Chiefs had the ball for 34 minutes. They had it for just 25. We're still going for another hour. Don't forget you can call us on the Cable Dahmer uh, Arena Hotline, 913-576-7610. We'll hear from Pete Sweeney, the Plaid Prince. This is the Arrowhead Pride postgame show. So we'll hear from Pete, and also we'll go back to the great calls that Mitch Holtis in this game. All that coming up next. This is the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, presented by 7th Street Casino, 610 Sports Radio.
voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis, joins Fesco in the morning every Friday at 7.30, exclusively on 610 Sports Radio. KCSB Kansas City, WDAFHG2 Liberty, a radio.com sports station. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, presented by 7th Street Casino. Great win by the Chiefs tonight, 34-20. to I'm Jay Binkley. Kramer Sansone producing the operation. The injury report for the Chiefs tonight. Shaverius Ward fractured hand. Alex Okafor had a hamstring and Colin Saunders dislocated elbow. So the Chiefs did not come out of this game unscathed, but they do come away with the victory. 34-20 to and joining us now, the editor-in-chief of Arrowhead Pride, your go-to nonstop source for Chiefs information. You can hear Pete throughout the various shows on 610 Sports Radio. And, of course, Arrowhead Pride Radio coming soon on September 30th on Wednesday nights. What's up, Pete? Hey, Dan. How's it going? Good morning. You know Good. what I mean? What, what, what is it, 1 o'clock? It's Friday, buddy, and Mitch Holtis comes on here in, what, uh, six and a half hours with Fesco in the morning? You going right into Fesco tonight? You're going to just take him right through? I don't know, Pete. I don't know what we're going to do, but you heard me mention the injury report there, Pete. Which one stands out to you the most? I'm guessing Charverius Ward, but Colin Saunders really coming into his own as well. Two unfortunate injuries for them, and I don't know about the hamstring yet of Okafor, but Ward and uh, Colin Saunders seem much worse. Yeah, Okafor, he really just can't stay healthy, it seems, but he seems the least serious of the three. It seems like Colin Saunders dislocated his elbow, and you confirmed that there's there's no damage there other than dislocation. So that seems the next, like I would say, um, the next not as serious injury there. And then Traverius Ward does seem serious with the fractured hand. I mean that that typically is uh, six weeks to heal the fracture. I mean we've seen some things in the past where guys like Kendall Fuller have been able to play with an injury like that. I, I think it just remains to be seen how how fractured the hand is, what we're talking about there. Uh, the the interesting thing is Son Charverius Ward already took to Twitter and, and said that they want to be back as soon as possible in, in different words, but they both agreed. So I, it seems like they'll miss at least a few games here. I'm curious as to how the Chiefs replace Ward because even with Ward, this is someone who started 16 games for the team last season. Didn't feel great about the depth there. Begin that, now you lose a key piece. So it's really been tech, but they have the extended break to figure it out. Well, Pete, the new rules in the NFL with COVID-19, you can bring an unlimited number of players back from IR as long as they spend at least three weeks on IR. But uh, speaking of those corners, Sneed, you know, the rookie, the fourth-round pick, Legereus Sneed out of Louisiana Tech. Big interception, 39 yards. Rashad Fenton uh, will get a lot of work for the Kansas City Chiefs as well. Antonio Hamilton, we saw him a little bit today, more of the nickel cornerback. But Rashad Fenton and Legereus Sneed going forward, how much do they lose without Ward? I just think it's a lot, and I, I think it's more so when the, you have to have three of those cornerbacks on the field at one time for certain schemes that uh, Steve Spagnuolo wants to run. I, I, I feel okay ahead of, of watching Snead. He really stood out to me. And I had a feeling that it happened because I, I just know how well Tyron Matthews does in making sure guys are in the right position. You looked at Legereus Snead and some of his measures where he's running the four three seven. I mean, that's, that's the key now, I, I think, in today's NFL. When you're having guys like Will Fuller who are in the four threes, the first thing you possibly need 
is speed, and Snead has that, and he was able to stick with, with Fuller. I think he had a really nice night, and it was good to see when Matthew gets a little bit of pressure on the quarterback that Snead was able to finish the play and, and get an interception. Matthew was the first to note. He wasn't thrilled with the way the defense played toward the end there, but he was happy that Snead caught it. I think we saw a lot last year where there were many times when the ball would hit the hands of, of defensive backs for the Chiefs, and it would bounce to the ground. And so a good sign, a good step in the right direction that the rookie catches that football, and then he darted. He darted and, and tried to get uh, as far as he could into Texas territory. Yeah, and you brought up the great pass deflection that Snead had as well. Pete, uh, of course, the guy that's going to be talked about, but Pat Mahomes is going to be talked about because all he does is win three touchdowns, very Pat Mahomes-like game. But the addition of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and what this gives this offense, and I'm not saying Damian Williams didn't have nice games. They had two 100-yard rushing games last year during the regular season. They already got one in the books now with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And not only will fantasy football be watching Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, but I think it served a warning shot to the other teams in the AFC. Oh, no, the Chiefs have another weapon. I don't know what other teams are going to do this year against the Chiefs' offense, and and there is worry about the Chiefs' defense with the injuries we just we just talked about. But man, Sammy Watkins is even playing well at the beginning of the year. I know that happened last year, but you hope that this this playoff version of of Sammy is here to stick. And then you have Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill, and it's and it's how to even double anybody with all of these guys. It's just the talent is incredible. It, it feels like a Pro Bowl team. And Clyde fit right in, and there were moments tonight where you said, whoa, you, you, you made you jump out of your chair because he, he did show, I think, some of that shiftiness, some of that elusiveness. It, it's easy to compare him to Kareem Hunt, but I, I think he, he has the potential to maybe be even a little bit better. I mean, he was he was really great tonight as far as in the open field and between the tackles, which... I think you'd have to appreciate, and we didn't even see him catch one football, and that supposedly is a whole other part of his game. So, an easy, it seemed like 138 yards. I think it was like five and a half yards a carry. So good for Clyde to to start the year with a bang, and and he had a lot of pressure on his shoulders. I asked him this week about that pressure, and he says he tried not to look at all the hype and Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat and. And as uh, your boy Bill Jeff Belichick would say, snap face. But snap he, had, he face. had to hear some of that noise. And he overcame the pressure, and he had a really, really good night. I'm sure he wishes he had another score. He had plenty of opportunity, and he got kind of stuffed at the goal line there. But I think that'll come. And just for the Chiefs, we're adding another weapon that they're going to really utilize here. I had a caller earlier, Pete, that asked me, you know, how do you, how do you stop the Chiefs? And, of course, you know, if I knew that answer, I'd be a defensive coordinator in the NFL, and you know I'm a big time of possession guy, Pete. And I said, well, just, okay? just just keep number 15 on the sideline. Keep in mind, when the Texans beat the Chiefs in the regular season, they had the ball 39 minutes to the Chiefs 20, so they had another quarter and four minutes longer than the Chiefs. The Colts had the ball for 37 minutes to the Chiefs 22 minutes. That's how they beat the Chiefs. It's keeping Pat Mahomes on the sideline. I'm, I'm telling you, I feel the only way the Chiefs you know, we'll get beat is time of possession by running the clock, and I feel like this defense is better not going to allow that. But I look back at last year, beating the Chiefs was controlling the clock and p- keeping Pat Mahomes by the Gatorade. Yeah, I, w- I actually would tend to, to agree with that a little bit. I know new analytics and new football would say the time of possession doesn't matter, but yeah. I, I think that is a little bit the recipe to to defeat the Chiefs. And 
I, I think he even saw it at the beginning of today's game where the offense was stalling a little bit. You could tell that there was a little bit of rust with Mahomes and, and certainly some of the offensive linemen with Schwartz getting beat on, on the right side early. And so there was a little bit of worry there, especially when David Johnson darts and they are winning 7 nothing into the second quarter. And then the Chiefs' offense happens, right? And and similar to what you saw in the playoffs in, in the second quarter, you blink, and it is all of a sudden 17-7 going into half. And at that point, you can't play keep away because now you're playing catch-up, and that's where the Chiefs are going to win. And, and I, again, I, I don't know how opposing defenses are going to be able to stop this offense for full games. I just don't think it's going to happen. So I think the best – thing you got to do if you're another team is try to keep up with the Chiefs in, in, in some of these shootouts, and, and the Texans just couldn't get in the rhythm early, and, and they blinked, and, and by the time they were able to figure it out toward the end there, it was too little too late. Pete, obviously we didn't get to see this team in preseason games. I like the preseason. I'm sure the coaches like preseason for those evaluation purposes, even though they put a guy like Turk Wharton on the roster that you know didn't have the advantage of preseason, but still made the, this team's roster, but what did you see from the Chiefs? I mean, there wasn't a lot of rust. I mean, this team scored 34 points. They averaged 28 points a game last season and, and, and still won the Super Bowl. But I did not see a lot of rust with this team. I saw a team like I expected, same coaching staff, same players come out and execute things and, of course, drop a touchdown pass. They would have led this game. But when you look at this game and you think, all right, that's a weakness they need to work on, is there – one or two things you see and say, hey, man, the Chiefs need to work on this before they go play the uh, Chargers. I like to watch these games again. I've only been able to, to give it my first look so far, but some of the things that stood out, and now they won 34-20, so this is nitpicking. We're so used to a championship-caliber team here, so you, you have to really search on this team for some of the things. And I mentioned it early. I, I think the offensive line early, but I, I think that's going to be something that you see in a lot of games because until you really get bang in there, I think there's going to be an adjustment period, as you said, with no preseason games. The offensive line, as the game went on, they kind of came into their own. I was really pleased with how they looked as far as uh, setting up the run for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I, I really think that there was a, a nice rapport there, and then he was getting some holes, and it seems like he has the patience to take advantage of that type of thing. So you, you hope that continues Tackling, it seemed like uh, at the in the trenches, and then certainly on the second level was a problem. And Steve Spagnuolo alluded to that going into this game, so it wasn't really necessarily a surprise. But you, you want to see that cleaned up because you you see a guy like Hitchens that sort of missed a, a wide open tackle as he was you know, darting for uh, one of the Texans' offensive players, and then at one point uh, Ben Neiman sort of swiped the air. And they're keeping Willie Gay out, and they're keeping him, you know, not in this lineup. You start to wonder why they're trusting other rookies, and and what's taken Willie Gay so long. So, uh, I, I, again, I, I, it's, it's nitpicking, and and I think you also maybe want to see the defense finish the game. But what is, I think, really abundantly clear to me is the this offense is going to be so good that it's going to afford the defense time to figure it out. You know, and, and before you, you need maybe the defense to win you a football game when you're playing really the better teams later in the year, uh, play it, come playoff time, you're going to have that time to, to figure it out. I think the Chiefs will be all right against the Chargers, and then you, you hope that they're in, in good shape for that game against the Baltimore Ravens. Talking to Pete Sweeney, editor-in-chief of Arrowhead Pride here on the Arrowhead Pride postgame show. And Pete, Los Angeles Chargers, 
next week in Los Angeles. Chiefs have won 9 of 10 against the Chargers, 11 of the last 12. Now the Rams and Chargers will not have fans, so the Chiefs will be going from having 15,895 fans to playing in a stadium without fans. Now I, I've gotten a little bit of a disagreement about the, the traveling and will it matter with teams with a home field advantage or not. I still think traveling across country, being on a plane, staying in a hotel – does factor, but the fact is the Chiefs go out and play a divisional rival. Even though they have extra time, they've got Friday, Saturday, and Sunday off, so they have they have some off time here before they play the Chargers. But what are you expecting this Chiefs to go play in front of a well, an empty stadium? It's going to be odd. It's going to be odd. I talked to someone who was at the game tonight, and, and they were kind of alluded to the fact that it, it didn't really feel like a, a real football game. It kind of felt like preseason game four, but it's going to count. Uh, it's going to be very weird, I think, for the league at the beginning. But then, like the NBA and the NHL, you'll eventually get used to it until you're probably going to be longing for fans to get back in the stadium. And, and you hope that that is able to happen before the end of the year. I unfortunately have my doubts about that. But I, I think it's going to be really, really odd at the beginning of this weekend. And then when you get to that game, you know, it'll start to seem a little bit more normal. But uh, it, it's. It, to me, it it ruins the energy level and, and sort of the flow of the game uh, a little bit. And, and it, it definitely lessens, I, I think, uh, what would be, I don't know if it's the importance is the right word, but it, it just changes the atmosphere quite a bit. And so I'm curious how that affects the Chiefs. I, I think there is a, a good deal of home field advantage that comes with not having to travel. I think more so when it's short rest. Like, I really am not thrilled about the idea of the Chiefs having to go on short rest and, and travel to Buffalo in a couple of weeks. But uh, it's part of the schedule, and they're going to have to figure it out. So it'll be uh, it'll be fun to watch, and we'll see how they handle it. Will Andy Reid keep the face shield or not? My suggestion is that stuff scuba divers put on their mask because, right. really, it keeps it from fogging up. I'm not kidding you. The scuba divers put stuff on their goggles to keep from fogging up. And I was looking at YouTube and saw plenty of suggestions. Will he go with the face shield or he'll go straight mask? Man, I got to think that after tonight and the face mask debacle, that he's got to be going mask next week. You know, they do make these masks I've seen where they have these little pouches where you could sort of open the mouth compartment for a little snack. I I wonder if that would be a direction he goes in. He he occasionally will talk about food during press conferences. (laughs) Uh, but, yeah, I think he moves away from the face shield next week. Overall, what do you think, Pete? I mean, not having preseason football, not having those trips to St. Joe like you and I used to enjoy, seeing camp battles and trying to figure out who's good and who's not. Of course, we had Clyde Edwards-Alaire with a lot of buzz, even though we really hadn't you know, seen him in preseason or seen him do much. But uh, is it starting to feel like football season to you? Yeah, I think I think a little bit. I, I I'm excited for to see a lot of different teams this weekend and and sort of start to get a feel for what what some of these teams look at look like. It was good to get the Texans in because I actually think they're a pretty good AFC team. I, I do think and project they'll they'll take a step back, but just to see the Chiefs handle a team like that, like like they did after so much uncertainty and and really shake off the rust, I think, offensively by the time the second quarter rolled around was was a good step in the right direction for Kansas City, and, and I'm, I'm eager to get my first look on some of these teams around the league uh, come Sunday. Final question for you, Pete. Uh, 
Where, where would you put the Texans? Uh, obviously, tier one, I would say, would be Chiefs and the Ravens. Uh, are the Colts a better team in your mind than the Texans? Do they hang right up there with the, the you know the Colts, the Bills, those type of teams, or which kind of tier would you put them on? I I feel like I have the Texans just out of the postseason this really? this year, even with the extra team. Yeah, it, but it's so hard to know at this point. I mean, I, I it's it's this crazy thing where you have to make predictions before the year begins, and, and you really don't know what the team is. Um, but I, I I think they might be right on the fringe, right on the bubble of of a playoff team. I definitely think that there are better teams in in the AFC. Good stuff. Pete Sweeney, Editor-in-Chief, ArrowheadPride.com. I assume you guys will be busy writing about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire for tomorrow. Yeah, as soon as I get off the phone with you, uh, it's back to uh, the World Wide Web, and I'll be hitting those uh, hitting those keys so people can read more about uh, their, new, their new favorite running back. New favorite running back. All right, Pete, we'll uh, check in with you soon. All right, Jay, smell you later, man. <laughs> I did hang up on him first. We didn't have the dial tone that typically accompanies a Pete Sweeney call, Kramer. So uh, that was good for us. Time for us, Touchdown Kansas City. It's time for Touchdown Kansas City. Floating a pass, Kelsey near side, over the shoulder, makes the catch in traffic. Mahomes faking a handoff, throwing long, coming near side, Tyreek Hill, burning the Broncos, a 41-yard corner pattern to the near side. Slant pattern, intercepted at the 40-35, coming to the near side, it's one for Hill, 10-5. A highlight-filled summary of the game with the voice of Chiefs Kingdom, Mitch Holtis. Touchdown, Kansas City! One of the most iconic calls in all of sports. Touchdown, Kansas City. And guess what? All Mitch Holtis touchdown calls are put on at 610SportsKC on Twitter. So you can catch all the great Mitch Holtis touchdown calls. But here's how the game went. The Texans jumped out to a 7-0 advantage after the Chiefs dropped the first touchdown to Marcus Robinson in the end zone. It was Houston coming back with David Johnson. Second down one, the Texans on the move at the Kansas City 19. And now Deshaun Watson's got the Chiefs defense on its heels. David Johnson gets a nice second move. Right side, 15-10. David Johnson, right pylon. Touchdown, Houston. 19-yard run on a delay on the handoff. And that's the David Johnson of 2016 when he was a pro bowler and led the NFL in all-purpose yards. Uh-oh, Houston was feeling themselves at this point. David Johnson wasn't part of that team last year that melted down. And here's the Texans. They come out and get an early lead at Arrowhead Stadium. A short lead because here come the Chiefs in Travis Kelsey. Third and goal here at the six. Just underway second quarter. Houston leads seven to nothing. On a tidy nine play, 80-yard drive. Kelsey in motion again right to left. Four-man rush. Mahomes fires for the end zone. Caught. Kelsey. Touchdown. Kansas City. Shielding his shoulder just inside the linebacker. And the Chiefs cap off a spectacular drive. Six catches, 50 yards for the tight end. Going to Canton, Ohio for the Hall of Fame. Travis Kelsey. That tied the score up at 7-7. 
Chiefs weren't done. Here's Sammy Watkins. Chiefs now shift to three wide to the right in motion. Watkins, they throw a quick screen. Watson with the catch, leaps forward, touchdown! Kansas City! They motioned to trips and then brought Watkins back and threw him a quick screen. The sausage blew up the guy in front of him, and the Chiefs complete a brilliant 16-play, 91-yard drive. Heard it right there. 16 plays, 91 yards, and the sausage! Blowing him up in the backfield. Gotta like it. That made the score 14 to 7, but it was Harrison Butker rounding out the first half. Ball will be on the near hash. Tommy Townsend, the rookie out of Florida, will hold as James Winchester is the long snapper. Butker trying to line this up. Last year's NFL leading scorer, Harrison Butker, waits for the go sign. Placement is down, and Butker's kick. Is good as the 15th consecutive game that Harrison Butker has kicked a field goal for the Chiefs. That ties the record of Lawrence Tynes back in the mid-2000s. 17-7 Kansas City at halftime. So Lawrence Tynes has company now. That's just the weapon, man. Heaven Butker's a weapon. That's what the halftime score was as the Chiefs kind of rounded it out. But then in the third quarter, the man of the hour. This was actually the play of the game. Ball at the Texan 27. They zone block it to the right, cut back left, run it, goes to Edwards Hilaire, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Kansas City, CEH with TD1, what a night for the rookie clad Edwards Hilaire, a great cutback run. <laughs> CEH with TD1 for Mitch, and then of course, speaking of rookies, how about the fourth round pick at Louisiana Tech? Legereus Sneed with a 39-yard interception. Again, protection breaks down. Now Watson's in trouble. The ball flutters in the air. Intercepted on the left side. Picked off. Legereus Sneed is a rookie. 20 down and angling out of bounds. Hello, Legereus Sneed. Welcome to the Chiefs' kingdom. An interception returned into Houston territory to the 17-yard line. There's the explosive defensive play brought about by pressure and these rookies are having quite a night pressure leading to picks it was 24 to 7 still at this time until Tyreek Hill let's add another weapon into the mix in the end zone third down goal to go at the two for Mahomes sprinting to the right side fires Tyreek Hill he's got it touchdown Kansas City the third touchdown pass of the night for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs convert on third and goal from the two. Cool as a cucumber, Patrick Mahomes, third in the goal line, hits Tyree Kill, who finds a way to get open for Patrick Mahomes. That made the score 31 to 7, but the Texans would come back. Long time for Houston to get this playoff. Nine seconds on the play clock and close to a false start. They won't call it. And now they throw a touchdown right down the rail. They go to the tight end, Jordan Akins. And Houston has its second touchdown of the night. The Chiefs thought there might have been false start on the right tackle, Tyus Howard. It looked like it, but it wasn't. That made the score 31 to 13, but the Texans would score again. Third down and goal to go at the one yard line. Pistol position. Deshaun Watson will keep it, and he'll basically walk into the end zone. That made the score 31 to 20, then the final scoring of the night comes by foot of Harrison Butker. This is a 19-yard field goal. This is like an old-school PAT, and Butker's got it, and the Chiefs are back on the board. They lead it 34-20 to with 30 seconds to go in this first game of the year.
Thought they were going to get the end zone there, but ended up going with the field goal instead. And, well, here's Mitch with the final. And how about this? The Kansas City Chiefs win the last game of the first century of the National Football League, winning Super Bowl 54. They win the first game of the second century of the National Football League with this opening victory, 34-20 to over the Houston Texans. There's the great Mitch Holtis on the call. Don't forget he's on with Fesco in the morning. 7.30 each and every Friday, so you'll hear Mitch right after this game. 7.30 in the morning on Fesco in the morning. And, of course, you heard our play of the game in the mix there as well. If you didn't hear it, you have to go back, rewind it through the podcast page, and get that for 9.30 in the morning when you can call on with the play of the game for that $25 gift card to Toppers and get yourself for the monthly drawing for Manzarese Jewelry to up to $500 for that, but that's the great Mitch Holtus on the touchdowns and the scoring drives of the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs win 34-20 to in Clyde Edwards-Alaire. What a game. What a game for the rookie. I mean, as Mitch said there, for the rookie, Sneed, a 39-yard pick. Uh, Willie Gay did have a tackle, not really prevalent in this game. Tyshawn Wharton, uh, a couple tackles. Mike Dana, the rookie uh, for the Chiefs on the defensive line. They'll be calling on him a lot with Colin Saunders being injured. But Clyde Edwards-Alaire, what a stud. 25 carries, 138 yards. And if you missed the open, this is kind of the rare company that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is in. Um, according to ESPN Stats and Info, the fourth player in the last 30 years with at least 130 rushing yards and a TD in his NFL debut. Each of the previous three went on to win Rookie of the Year or a rushing title that year. So expect some greatness from the man with the national championship at LSU as Clyde Edwards-Hilaire will be probably – one of the most talked about, if not the most talked about, Chiefs. I don't know who's going to be talked about more. I mean, certainly Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes will get their get their kudos, but I can't think of anybody being talked about more than Clyde. And I loved what Mitch had to say. Chiefs win the last game last year. They win the first game of this season. But anyway, that's touchdown Kansas City with Mitch Holtis. We'll do that each and every week here on the Arrowhead Pride postgame show get you caught up with what they said. We'll also head back into the locker room with the sounds of the game uh, coming up by Santa Fe Auto Sound. Hear what Patrick Mahomes has to say. I know a lot of people looking forward to what he had to say, uh, Travis Kelsey and others. We'll head inside that locker room when the Arrowhead Pride postgame show continues. This is the Arrowhead Pride postgame show presented by 7th Street Casino, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, presented by 7th Street Casino. Chiefs are the first team with the win in 2020 as they beat the Texans 34 to 20 in front of 15,895 fans. I appreciate you staying up late. If you want to chime in, you can. The Cable Dama Arena Hotline, 913 576 7610, or hit us up on the Smitty's Garage Burgers and Beer text line. 913-576-7610. Someone says the guys that were injured are key players, bro. Yeah, well, Saunders and Okafor, yeah, I love the development of Colin Saunders. I think he's a tremendous player. But I love the guys behind him. Shavarius Ward, it's going to see. Uh, that's the big one with the fractured hand. That's going to be the big one. I've seen corners play, you know, in a couple weeks with the, with the cast on their hand and what it does, but it does limit you. But we'll see what Fenton's got. We'll see Legereus Sneed a little bit more. But I'm one of those, I know it's coach speak, the next man up philosophy, but I've seen the Chiefs 
deal with injuries with Mahomes and Tyree Kill and you name it. I've seen them come right back and be a strong football team, so not exactly 100% worried about it. We'll be interesting next week with the Chargers, and I think that's an important game. Remember when the Chiefs started off with the Chargers in Mahomes' MVP season? They started off the season playing the Chargers. That was the darling of the AFC, the pick, because everybody's picking the Chargers, but the Chiefs go out and win and then go across the country to Pittsburgh the following week. That's when Mahomes uh, threw six touchdowns and beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, which had really had their way with the Kansas City Chiefs um, in the past. But Chiefs making statements. If they can go out and beat the Chargers, then beat the Ravens. I mean, where are these some of these losses going to come from? If you're looking at the schedule and you did your W's and L's, where do you have the Ravens? A huge test for the Chiefs, I think. Lamar Jackson's going to hear all the time that he hasn't beat Mahomes. He's 0-2. He's going to hear about that a lot. But that's in a couple weeks. we got, we got time to think about it. But of course, we can look forward because we're not coaching, and coaches will only look at the game next week, the next opponent. But we can look at others. Is it going to be the Bills on Thursday night? I think, to me, that's a dangerous game. Short week, going to Buffalo, playing a team that I think is good. And I'd put the Bills in that tier with the Texans and Colts. Who's going to be ready for primetime? Who's going to take that jump? Who's going to join? The Ravens weren't expected to be that dominant team they were last year, but they were. And who's going to take that leap forward? Is Bill Belichick still got something up his sleeve with Cam Newton? Are the Patriots going to be in that mix with the Bills and the Colts? I mean, I do like the Colts, and I liked what they've done with their offensive line. And Chris Ballard, I think, is a really good GM. I mean, he took an offensive line and and went from the most sacks to the fewest sacks and you know, drafted Quentin Nelson, who I think is one of the best offensive linemen in the NFL. You got Quentin Nelson. They had Braden Smith to that. And they bring up Phillip Rivers. You guys are well familiar with Phillip Rivers. Andrew Luck kind of walked away from the game last year. That was a team that had won a, a playoff game on the road. And I thought, okay, what are the Colts going to do? I love the GM situation. Of course, he comes off the tree here in Kansas City. What can Phillip Rivers do? Will he be resurrected? Will he not turn the ball over as much that we've seen in the past? Who's going to be that other team that steps up and we say, okay, we need to worry about this team? Will it be Buffalo? Have they put enough things together? They do enough in the offseason. I mean, I do like the Buffalo Bills and what they can do. They, they're not at the Chiefs tier. Who's going to challenge the Kansas City Chiefs? That's the question. Now, we say the Ravens. That's what everybody says around, the Ravens. Ravens and the Chiefs, and we'll get to find that out here in a couple weeks. Let's go back to the Cable Dahmer Arena hotline and talk to Sean in Kansas City. What's up, Sean? Hey, Bink. I, I just thought it was so odd that when we uh, got close to – you know, short-yarded situations that we just kind of ran it up the gut. I mean, it doesn't seem as though that Hilaire is designed for that, and we just kept trying to do it, trying to figure it out. I mean, I, I don't know if that if we're trying to hide things for the future or not. I mean, you know, Travis Kelsey toss to the center, you know. Well, they didn't oh. need to. They had such a lead. I mean, it, you know, just try. I, I think Clyde's that guy. I mean, he, he's a certain bowling ball type. I mean, I think that Clyde's the guy. And clearly, when you look at the yards that he had in this game, I mean, 138 yards in this game, the Chiefs ran for 166. I mean, you're going to see some of that, but they're not going to give everything out. I mean, they got the Ravens coming up here in a couple of weeks. And will they do different things? Yeah, because I think teams will prepare for, well, the Chiefs are just going to keep trying to run it up the gut here and see what happens. But at the end of the game, I mean, they, they weren't really. Going all I'll, out I'll to say score that, that. I did well when he had space in front of him for zone blocking, right? And I'm, I'm not a savvy 
uh, football guy. But on, with his own blocking, I think he did well. He's but a guy that can get to in space. Punching through, I don't think that he is the right guy for it. I don't know, though, man. Five and a half yards of carry. I mean, Clyde's a, Clyde's a powerful man. Clyde's a powerful man. He doesn't need a lot of space. And not only that, he's got that quick step, and he can make those cuts. And just give him a little bit of space. You know, Jamal used to be that way. You know, you just give him a little bit. And I'm not comparing him to that and different tile, style of runners. But just give him a little bit of space and see what he can do. But I, I have no complaints with the way he ran the football. And, you know, I think Darrell Williams is going to kind of be that battering ram for the Chiefs. You know, he got in there, got seven carries in this game, 23 yards, three and a half yards of carry. But he was, you know, kind of that that short yardage pounded back uh, for the Chiefs that we saw tonight. All right, Bing. Hey, thanks a lot. Hey, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Appreciate Sean NKC giving us a call. Time to head inside the locker room, Santa Fe Auto Sound, for the sounds of the game. Santa Fe Auto Sound, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. I mentioned uh, Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback. Here's what Patrick had to say after the game. Hey, Patrick. Um can you kind of take us through what went into the conversations with the Texans and how you guys arrived at what you ended up doing before the game? And then secondly, as a part of that, I mean, we, we heard some boos on the telecast. What were your thoughts on hearing those? Yeah. Um, uh, to the first part of your question, I, I talked with Deshaun uh, a good amount and some of those other guys on the Texans as well, as well as talking with our team. And I thought we came out with a, with a great plan, obviously uh, for us as the Chiefs, but also with the Texans showing unity uh on the field and and being down there honestly didn't hear a, a lot of booing uh I've, I've seen a little bit of the videos after and i'm just uh, uh we wanted to show unity and we wanted to show uh, we we're gonna come together and keep fighting the good fight and i hope our fans will support us like they do uh on the game every single day let's go to herbie next go ahead herbie hey patrick uh, clyde Edwards Alaire, one of the more hyped up rookies coming into this game and, and i'm curious I know you saw a lot of what he was able to do in training camp, and I'm, I'm curious as how, how you your impressions, what you saw tonight in live action. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's been doing it since the day he got here. I mean, he's been working hard. He's been learning from his mistakes, um, and he's been running the ball between the tackles and catching it out of the backfield. And so uh, I thought the offensive line did a great job of giving him holes to run through, and, and he hit it every single time. And so uh, he's going to keep getting better. Uh, it's another another weapon that I kind of I kind of have in this offense, and we're going to keep doing whatever we can to keep moving the ball and scoring touchdowns. Let's go to Adam Teicher next. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Pat. I um, just wanted to ask you whether you were what your thoughts were on how sharp you guys were offensively, given this w unusual season, and also um, you, you, you seems like you took a lot of short stuff. That's kind of what they were giving you. Um, did they play defense maybe a little differently than they had, uh, say, last year in the playoffs? Yeah, they, they did. They, t they changed it up a lot. They did a lot of stuff at the line of scrimmage, and then they kind of stayed back and kept safeties back, and they put a guy over 10 pretty much the whole entire game. And so uh, I think that's what, what makes this offense so good is we can, we can change within games. Uh, we, can, we can go throughout our game plan and find ways to score and find ways to, to move the ball down the field. And today it was running the football and taking the short passes. And I think uh, – uh, whenever we get to the Chargers next week, we'll have, we're playing another great defense, and we'll have to find a way to, to move the ball and score that week as well. Let's go to Nate Taylor next. Go ahead, Nate. Patrick, with everything that went on tonight with the fans, obviously doing this for the first time really in, since the Super Bowl, just what does it say that your offensive line, like you mentioned earlier, with two new guys in those starting spots, what did it say for you that you were mostly held up 
without getting hit. And obviously there were holes there for Clyde to run through. I think they did a great job. I mean, obviously, without the preseason games, uh, it's hard to get out there and, and kind of form that bond that offensive lines do, uh, how they can kind of think like each other and pass off stuff. And I think they did a great job of not only pass protecting me with all the games and that, that def- defensive line, which is a very good defensive line, but uh, of, of in the run game of, of making their blocks and, and setting their angles so Clyde can go out there and, and make plays happen. And so uh, I thought it was a, a really good sign for them to be so in unit, so as one unit um, uh, so early in the season uh, with the offseason that we did have. Let's go to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Pat, you really spread the the ball around tonight. You mentioned some of the short stuff. You were able to hit three different guys with touchdowns. I was just wondering, where does that confidence that that you have sort of to go in any direction at any time come from? And is it just a credit to the, the work that these guys have done with you in the offseason? Yeah, it is 100%. I mean, these guys have, have worked their tail off. They've been here for a while now. Everybody we kind of brought back. And I've built this chemistry with, and I think uh, we have the, the confidence in every single person that's in that hole that they can make plays happen when their number is called. And so I'm going to take what's there. Uh, obviously, today they put a lot of attention on 10. Um, and so you saw other guys like Sammy and D-Rob uh, making plays happen. And so uh, that's the good thing about this offense is a luxury for me is I have a lot of good players that can get themselves open uh, no matter who's covering them. Let's go to Sam Mellinger next. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, uh, Patrick, you and some other guys have talked about how you don't feel like you peaked last year, that there's still room to improve. Um, you always had a big day, 34 points. But what happened out there that you saw that, that you can do better, that, that you're going to you know, critique yourself on? Yeah, I mean, there was just some missed opportunities here and there. I mean, obviously, the D-Rob touchdown, he made a heck of a play and just didn't finish it off at the end of, end of the thing. Um, we had another drive where uh, I, I didn't pick up a blitz the right way and had to throw it hot to the flat to Daryl. And if I'd have had it picked up, we had guys open downfield. I mean, you want to score every single time you're out there. Um, but I think the good thing about the game today is it, it was a good game, offense, defense, and special teams. And, and we were able to go out there and play off of each other. Uh, we chewed up some clock and, and gave the defense a rest, and they went out there and, and, and made a lot of stuff happen. Got time for a couple more guys. We're going to go Len Jennings and then Aaron Ladd. Go ahead, Len. Hey, Patrick, uh, you just talked about some of the issues out on the field. Do you think that you could have benefited more with uh, having those preseason games, how much that would have helped you? And also, would you think about the unveiling of the championship banner? Uh, the, the banner was awesome. I mean, it really was to see that, um, to kind of be in that stadium for that moment. I mean, you, know, you didn't know if you were going to get that coming in, coming off the Super Bowl last year with everything that happened this offseason. Um, yes, or one, your first question one more time, please. Uh, sorry, uh, the, the, the issues you had, you, would you have benefited having those preseason games, you feel like? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you could have for sure. I mean, just getting out there, kind of getting those kinks out. I mean, going into the game, it's kind of like you take you back to college where you're, you're right there. Everything counts the moment you step on the field. And so uh, I thought we did a good job of adjusting quickly. Uh, I thought we did a good job of moving the ball today. And uh, we're going to keep progressing and keep trying to get better because we have a lot of tough games ahead of us. Let's go to Aaron to close us out. Go ahead, Aaron. Hey, Pat, I know uh, jersey swaps look a lot different this year. Who's got dibs on your, your, your jersey for this week? I haven't, I haven't uh, talked to anybody about any jersey swaps yet. Uh, I might have to hit Deshaun up or something. But uh, as of right now, I'm keeping mine. There's Patrick Mahomes right after the game. He talked about the attention on 10 Tyree Kill. And that's, that's what the thing that is. If you're going to get on Tyree Kill, then it's going to be Sammy Watkins or Demarcus Robinson. They had a couple key drops. You know, he obviously got that figured out. But there's so many different weapons on offense for the Chiefs, and we really haven't seen a lot of Clyde getting the catches out of the backfield, but you will. 
This is a guy that caught over 50 balls last year in the SEC, as I mentioned, the only running back ever in that conference to have a thousand yard rushing and 50 yards receiving. That's what he did against Bama, against Clemson, against all these teams, caught the ball in the backfield. But putting the ball in the hands of your playmakers, and I thought there was good chemistry. And I think Pat Mahomes has really developed great chemistry with his wide receivers. And again, I'm <laughs> it's hard to say rust when they scored 34 points a game. Keep in mind. 35 points a game or 34.8 points a game would be fifth all-time scoring that per game. That was the 98 Vikings. And the Chiefs back in 2018 averaged 35.3 points a game. But 34 points against a team like the Texans when you haven't had preseason football, that stuff's huge. I mean, yeah, there's little things here and there they're going to work on. And again, they left seven points off the board with that touchdown early on that would have gone to Demarcus Robinson. But there's no panic with this team. And I'll never forget what Patrick Mahomes said a couple of years ago when he first got here, and it was like music to the ears. Put the ball in the hands of my playmakers and let them make plays. You've got these guys that are great yards after catch. Get them the ball and see what they can do. I mean, the Chiefs are great. McCole Hardman, he's one of the best downfield receivers. He didn't play a ton tonight, and I think you're going to see a lot more of Hardman because – this guy, McCole Hardman's done a lot to, to work on those intermediate routes, and I think you'll start to see more of that with McCole Hardman. They can use him in so many different ways. People have compared him a lot to Tyree Kill early on in the rookie year, and I, I caution people doing that because Tyree Kill did have 267 yards rushing that year because they would put him in the backfield quite a bit, which they don't do now. But there is so many weapons, but I think you'll see Hardman used in different ways. Andy Reid has so many different gadget plays that he can run with the different personnel that he's got. But Pat Mahomes said, put the ball in the hands of your playmakers. And something else that was music to the ears, hearing last year when talking about the defense with Spags, getting challenged in practice. You know, having guys step up and do things. I mean, these are all things that make Pat Mahomes better. And I'll tell you this much. I feel this defense, having to see Patrick Mahomes, having this offense and trying to stop this offense, you can't replicate this offense in the National Football League day in and day out trying to stop it. That makes you better. That makes you a lot better when you're a defense and you have to go against a guy like Patrick Mahomes. Let's go back in that locker room. The sounds of the game brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound. Here's Travis Kelsey, six catches, 50 yards, and a touchdown for the future Hall of Famer. Travis, I feel like with no preseason, we thought you all would be a little bit rusty, but you rattle off 31 unanswered. How do you avoid some of that rust? Um, well, I mean, this is a, this is a very um, – it's a group that's been together for, for a while now. And uh, we know, uh, especially uh, on the offensive side, uh, we know uh, the intentions of the play caller. You know, that's uh, that's the biggest thing is understanding what Coach Reed and uh, Coach Biennemi are dialing up for us so that we can uh, we can paint a picture for Patrick and, uh, and, and execute the plays, man. And, um, I mean, you saw that today. It felt like we were in sync just about the whole game. Let's go to Harold Coons. Go ahead, Harold. Uh, Travis, I'll ask you about the moment before the game where you guys held hands and a sign of unity at the goal line, and then obviously with the Texans. Uh, what were the discussions you guys – did you have any discussions with the Texans before that? And what was the final analysis of, uh, you know, how you feel it all went? Um, well, I just uh, – I, I want to first off thank um, Clark Hunt and the organization – uh, Kansas City organization for um, allowing us and, and supporting us um, to do whatever uh, we felt was the right thing to do. And um, as a as a as a staff, as a 
us in Kansas City, um, we came and uh, we, we told everybody that, uh, that we had the support from everybody to do um, exactly what you felt was the right thing to do, whether you wanted to kneel for the anthem, uh, stay in the locker room. Um, and that was kind of, um, that was communicated with the Houston Texans uh, and that we fully respect uh, what, what the Houston Texans did. And um, that's why when it came out for the moment of silence, we all locked arms uh, for that moment uh, as well, so. Let's go to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Travis, good to see you, man. Um, first game with fans in the building in a pandemic, just what was it like to play in the environment? And then what do you think of how Chiefs fans handled the situation given they had two practices to sort of ramp up for this? Man, we were rocking, man. We were out, we were out there rocking. I don't know if you heard the uh, the first third down for the for the Texans, man, but um they couldn't even they couldn't even communicate out there. We only had 20% of the, the the stadium filled up, man. It was awesome. I can't thank uh Kansas City enough and, and Chiefs Kingdom enough for coming out and showing out like they did, man. We felt your presence today. Let's go to Cody Tapp. Go ahead, Cody. I wanted to ask you, Travis, just from a balance perspective, you guys were a little more run heavy today, but when, when you watch what you guys did offensively today, that gives you a sense of your guys' ability to just kind of use whoever's available that day on offense as far as what the defense gives you? Yeah, I mean, we just trust whatever uh, Coach Reed is dialing up. Uh, him and Coach Bienemy, uh, Coach Heck, uh, our run game coordinator, he's, I mean, all these guys are doing an unbelievable job of, uh, of, of preparing us and, uh, and scheming up the defenses and they and they've been doing it for such a long time that we just we just go out there and we trust whatever they're dialing up and uh whoever's job it is to make a play uh we're making it for them let's go to len jennings go ahead len hey travis congratulations on the uh win uh what have you seen from clyde edwards helaire in practice and in camp that maybe translated that, into the game that maybe the you know, there's been um, so much hype about him coming into the season felt like and he really put on a show today. Is understanding what Coach yeah, Green, I mean, uh, the, the biggest thing in uh, in training camp is you don't always get to see uh, the hitting aspect, <laughs> uh, whether a guy is um, is easy to <laughs> tackle or okay? whether he's yeah, uh, he's brought down easy. Right, and, um, well, you know, that was shown today, man. I mean, he is he is a tough son of a buck um, for for how tall he is, man. He's, he's got the strength of of somebody my size, man. He, he runs the ball like uh, like like no one I've ever seen at that size, and it's uh, it's fun it's fun to play with, man. It's so it's much. infectious when you see him uh, out there playing his tail off that, that and running his tail off. Um, you want to go out there and block for him so and, uh, and, and make plays uh, for him as well. Uh, We've got time for a couple more guys. Let's go, Darren, and then Pete. Go ahead, Darren. Well, no, listen. I'm proud of us. got the whole Taco Thursday thing going right now, man. I'm proud of that. Thank you. Uh, so, you know, look, speaking about Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, Kelsey coming know, up next. how would you compare this this team as balanced as they look in week number one compared to the 2018 team? Do you see this team as 2018 on steroids? And then also going back to uh, the pregame stuff, did you know, did you all have any discussion on whether or not you were going to take a knee or not? Or, or what was the discussion with you all locking arms versus taking a knee? Um, I'll answer that one first. Uh, I think um, we, dev- we, ha- we had a, a few um, player meetings and let everybody know that uh, that that we had their back. You know, you can go ahead and um, and whatever you feel is the right decision um, in your heart. You have your brother's back, and you have your brother's support on this team. And um, we we made sure that everybody was comfortable in that in that area, and, and that uh, they weren't going to get backlash from anybody on this team for doing that. And um, yeah, so and I, I thought it, I thought it was a it was a it was a great show of unity. Amongst uh, amongst both of both of us, the uh, the Chiefs and the Texans. 
Right. And the first the first question that I had for you was about this offense versus 2018. Do you see this as a much more balanced like Clyde uh, Allaire being a Kareem Hunt on steroids with this offense with all the starters returning? Do you all see uh, to where, look, you only scored 34 points, but it was a quiet 34, but you could easily have scored more points. Do you see how this team could be more dynamic this year, uh, second time around? Yeah, I mean, well, first off, just to say that we got to finish strong and, uh, and put put even more points up on the board there in the fourth quarter. Um, we had the opportunity and we just got to execute. Uh, the defense played their tail off first through the fourth, man. They, they, they were out there flying around, rallying to the ball. Um, it's just like controlled chaos out there. And uh, and you know what? It's uh, it's fun to see that, man. It's infectious uh, when all three sides of the ball, uh, offense, defense, special teams are playing together like that. But um, I, I personally think that this offense has its own unique uh, ability to do something special. Um, we just have a lot of we have a lot of guys that can do uh, some special things with the ball in their hands, and uh, of course, one five is going to be back there doing his thing. So, we've got a Pete Sweeney for the last one. Go ahead, Pete. Hey, Travis, congratulations. I it really seems like you and Pat, uh, even without some of this offseason stuff, just have this chemistry together where you you know it, you've mentioned in the past where you're thinking the same thing at the same time. Did you feel that again for a stretch? And what is it like to to play with a quarterback that sort of knows where you're going at all times and can and can hit you in stride? Well, I mean, it's just a lot of work, man. It's a lot of it's a lot of time put in um, and a lot of reps put in during training camp and over the offseason. Um, when no one's watching, man, it's just, it's, it's not just myself. It's other, it's, it's everybody. As you saw, Sammy Watkins had a, had a day today. Um, Tyreek made plays left and right. DeMarcus had a lot of opportunities, made some, made some big plays for us as well. And, um, it's just, um, whoever's opportunity it is to, to make a play when the ball's in the air, you know what I mean? We're pretty confident that, that we got the guys to, to do that. There's Travis Kelsey, who's a certain hall of famer. Don't forget uh, four straight years of a thousand yards. No one's ever done that has 200 catches in the last two years, and he just, to me, seems like one of those guys yards after catch. I mean, he looks so elusive. I mean, the shape that he's in this year, some of the things that he does, the blocking, I think, is great with Travis Kelsey, and it's going to be called upon with Clyde Edwards there, of course, Nick Kaiser, the backup tight end, but, you know, he talks about this team, just the trust in one another. I mean, you hear it from the Honey Badger. This is a close team, man. This is a close-knit team, and they got each other's back. And that's important. There's no finger pointing that's going to go on. Even when the offense is playing great last year and the defense wasn't, there wasn't finger pointing. And there just hasn't been, even two years ago. You know, they lost a couple games scoring 50 points, but they didn't point fingers. And that goes back to leadership. And it's one of those things. Like the Pittsburgh Steelers, part of the reason that they've been good each and every year is because when you walk in those doors and you're a rookie, you're expected to perform. Same thing with the New England Patriots. They don't draft you and put training wheels on you and say, all right, you can try, you can fail. I mean, we've seen that with the Royals. We saw a seismic shift, 14 and 15. I remember talking to the Royals that would come up here from Omaha, and they were expected to perform. It wasn't coming up here and not playing well. No, expected to perform. When you step in with the world champions, when you step in with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, when you have Andy Reid as head coach, you're expected to step up and be great. Not just good, be great. Clyde Edwards Alaire, there's no training wheels on him. This guy's a starting running back for a world champion football team. He goes right out of LSU, winning a national championship, steps right in here and does his job. Jarius Need picking off a pass. I mean, these rookies make Tyshawn Wharton, Missouri S and T. You know, Division Two. Here he is making a couple tackles in this game. Mac Dana that transferred from Central Michigan to Michigan, getting three tackles in this game. 
I mean, draft picks showing up and doing things. It's a tight-knit group that the Kansas City Chiefs are. And this was a warning shot across the National Football League because a lot of people wanted to tune in. I mean, there, there was some interested, of course, because of fantasy football. What's Clyde? Clyde's a you know first-round pick. You know, he's top running back in a lot of drafts. You know, Christian McCaffrey, then Clyde Edwards-Alaire. A lot, a lot of pressure coming on. People are expecting, you know, what are the Chiefs going to do with a new weapon like this? But a lot of people tuned in. Of course, hey, Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes, that's sexy. We'll see, you know, two elite quarterbacks in the AFC going back and forth. What are they going to do? Deshaun got the uh, regular season win against Mahomes. Mahomes wins. In a comeback, Chiefs were up 17-3, comes back. Then, of course, the, the uh, Texans blow that lead in the playoffs. But people wanted to see that. But they also wanted to see the Chiefs. Just like a caller brought up earlier, how do you beat the Kansas City Chiefs? I don't know. New Age analytics will say that time of possession doesn't matter. Time of possession mattered last year. When Houston beat Kansas City, they had a 2-1, to one, like 40 minutes to 20 minutes against the Chiefs in that game, time of possession. Kept Mahomes on the sideline. They won. The Colts, 37 minutes of offense. Chiefs, 22 and some change. They won the game. That's a simple thing, but the Chiefs can control the clock. Like, they dominated time of possession tonight, giving the rock to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. But what a start for the Chiefs. This is a team right now that people have to reckon with, and they saw it tonight. People were tuned in. First NFL game Thursday night. They watched this game to see where the Chiefs, who won the last game last year, the first game this year. Appreciate you calling. Thanks to 7th Street Casino, Mazarese Spine Jewelry, Santa Fe Auto Sound. And, of course, the Topper's uh, Pizza gift card that will be given out tomorrow, 930. Don't forget Mitch Holtus, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, joins Fesco in the morning at 730. Great job tonight by Kramer Sansone. I'm Jay Binkley saying good night. Talk to you after the Chargers game. This is the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show presented by 7th Street Casino, 610 Sports Radio.